Steve, happy Monday. How are you, man? Uh, good. Really good, yeah. It's a beautiful Monday. Yeah, except for we're lying. It's actually a beautiful Thursday, and we're pre-recording yeah. this before the holiday weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh... Do I say it? Is it Monday? Yeah. <laughs> so we also have uh, Tyler Boschma on the line. Tyler, good morning, man. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. We're going to chat about the bear hunt that you guys recently went on uh, just this past weekend, a little over a week ago as this one is released. Uh, kind of tell some stories from that. We also had some listener Q&A just to kind of hit really briefly with that. It was actually, um, it was funny. We had a guy write in. And the subject of his email was bears, beers, and ballistics, which I thought would be good for this podcast. So oh, yeah. he, he said, first on the podcast, congrats on the bear hunt. Would love to hear more about it. And so that's what we're going to do. Number two, uh, and this was his beers question. He was saying, just out of curiosity, what is your quarantine beverage of choice? And if you say White Claw, I may have to sell my pack. <laughs> <laughs> So Monday minutes being informal, I thought, yeah, well, let's go ahead and hit it, man. What's uh, what's been a recent beverage of choice for you, Bashma? I think I know the answer here. <laughs> well, um, in the in you know, with trying to save money, I've actually been uh, drinking those Rainiers. I think I got Steve sold on them. <laughs> uh, converted. <laughs> I was I was like, we were hiking out, you know, bear loaded in packs and. And I knew Tyler had some beer in the truck. I was like, oh, man, Tyler's usually good for a, a, a quality IPA or two. And yeah. uh, Nope. He's like, I got Rainier. I was like, are you kidding me, man? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> got out. It wasn't Classic. the worst tasting thing. Got back to the truck. <laughs> yeah. After a pack out, anything cold's going to work. I actually randomly, it was one of those things where I got suckered online. I, fu- it was, I think it was an ad or something. I saw some company called Athletic Brewing Company. Um, and it's a non-alcoholic beer, which I'm losing man card points here, but it's supposed to be, you know, lower calorie, but still full flavor. And I was always skeptical of that stuff, but, uh, found some and they have an IPA that's non-alcoholic and like 50 calories. Cause I'm watching my lady figure and trying to be lean and mean in the mountains. And it's actually really, really good stuff. It's impressive. Hmm. Yeah. That's pretty lame, Mark. I know. No, no man card for me. (laughs) And Tyler, I know you just got a espresso machine. So moving on from adult beverages, I know that you've been hitting that thing hard. Um, yeah, it's like a whole nother world. I think it started actually um, with that press you got me. And then, um, yeah, just been a whole rat hole, like making espresso shots and trying to dial that into like the perfect amount of foaminess and body and all that. And yeah, it's actually pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> been nerding out big time. Yeah. So we actually had a separate, this is a separate email, but on the same topic, um, a guy wrote in and was asking, what is our favorite way to make coffee in the backcountry? says, do you use instant coffee, AeroPress, pour over, jet boil style, French press, cowboy coffee, etc." cetera. Um, so yeah, Steve, what, what for you is like your go-to coffee for backpacking trips? Um, yeah, it's probably no shocker if, that I just want something simple and, and easy. So to me, the via packets have been from the Starbucks via packets have been hard to pass up. I know some people don't like them to me. They're as, as simple and as clean as it gets. And, and I don't mind the flavor at all. I still feel like I'm drinking coffee. Yeah. So try a multitude of, what would it be? Freeze dried coffee. Yeah. 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 
quite a few different samples of those. They're all good, um, but nothing. I just like a, a definitely a really strong black coffee, and um, that like Starbucks via Italian roast seems to kind of take the cake for me. So yeah, that's my you? my default. On this trip, you sent me some samples and yeah. uh, Cascadia coffee. Is that what it was? Yes, Cascadia Roastery. Um, it's actually when we were out in Portland, um, friends of ours from uh, my area who lived here 15 years ago moved to Portland. I hadn't talked to him in a long time. I was going to be in Portland, so I reached out to him. And they actually have two coffee shops out there, but then they also own their own roastery and do all their own custom blends just for standard coffee. And he was just getting into like instant stuff for. Uh, he's a big backpacker, so he was always that same thing of like, ah, I'm not super happy with what's out there. I want to try and make my own. Um, and so he's done some custom roast for uh, freeze-dried stuff and instance. And yeah, it's Cascadia uh, Roastery. Um, and they have a few different blends that are pretty stinking good, man. It's uh, I've, I've definitely have bought some since then. Nice. How about you, Bashma, for backpacking when you can't pack your oh. giant fancy espresso machine? <laughs> Man, I'm all over the board. I, uh, yeah, I like the Green Mountain. Um, they have like the little instant packs. Um, that's kind of my go-to, but um, I've also tried that that Dark Timber, and that's pretty. It's worth it, you know, getting the pour over and stuff. It definitely adds to the flavor. Yeah, those are good packs. Those pour over packs, the gravity packs from Dark Timber, are solid stuff for sure. Yeah, there's no better taste than that for sure. So. We hit, or we will hit bears here in a second. We just talked beverages. His last question uh, was on ballistics. We've been in the midst of doing some podcasts, um, you know, on ballistics and bullets and rifles and performance and all that. And so he was wondering, he said, hey, thanks for the ballistics podcast. I've been working on upgrading my rifle this season, so they're very timely. Are you planning on any further ballistics conversations? And if so, I would like to know how much does barrel length influence bullet velocity and thereby the max effective range of a bullet? Everything I've read says that as an average, you should see about 30 feet per second drop for every inch of barrel length lost. Um, yeah, so I, I'm not the expert here, but I have done quite a bit of reading just because uh, I have a build in mind that I want to essentially go as short as possible. And so I've been doing a lot of research on what are the effects of that. It, it is super common to see uh, like a general recommendation that you lose 25 to 30 feet per second per inch. Um, but it's just not linear uh, like that. There's, it's not that easy. Um, we actually... This coming Friday, we talked with the guys from SIG about the release of their cross rifle. And actually something on that cross rifle platform is that is a short barrel format. And so we actually chatted with them um, even before this question came up about, you know, one of the caliber options they have is 6.5 Creedmoor. And we talked with them a bit about why, why did they choose 18 inches um, for the cross rifle, for example, with Creedmoor. And so he went into, you know, all the testing that they've done. And there's actually really good data out there from other sources where guys have quite literally started with a 26 inch barrel, gotten good speeds and literally just inch by inch, cut that thing down to like 18. Um, I think some even lower to 16 I've seen data on, but it'll show you inch by inch as they've changed that barrel length, what that uh, velocity change is going to be. And then in my own research, I've also have seen where, you know, the smaller the cartridge, 
uh, it tends to be less affected by barrel length. So if you're dealing with a, a much bigger cartridge, more powder being burnt, it is going to be much more efficient with longer barrel length. But if you're dealing with something smaller, um, non-magnum, for example, like a Creedmoor, um, it's actually less affected by that barrel length. It's also why like 308 on the military side has been something that's been running short barrels because that case capacity um, and powder being burnt can be more efficient in the shorter barrels. So um, no easy answer there. It's not linear. You can ballpark 25 to 30 feet. Um, but if you really get specific, it's it's a much more fluid number than that. Um yeah, anything to add there, Steve Tyler? No, you uh, not, yeah, yeah, nothing on my side, man. That's all um, stuff I'm currently learning, so definitely can't, uh, <laughs> like you said, uh, comment too much on it. Well, the the number one thing in that email, bears, beers, and ballistics, was bears. Um, as I said, we wanted to kind of recap that hunt, Steve. Uh, I know that it was, as we mentioned last week, kind of a jam packed 24 hours. I've been, you know, just. <laughs> Just us as buddies, like wanting to hear details of the story and bugging you with questions, but at the same time trying to reserve some of that so I could hear it fresh on this podcast. But man, I'll let you just kind of like kick it off and roll into the story. And uh, you and Tyler were the two guys there making it happen. So I'd love to hear from you and I'll interject or have questions along the way. Um, sure. Yeah, it was. Um, it started out as a uh, Tyler and I were going to meet. Tyler's over in Montana now, so we we're going to meet on the border and, and kind of more or less do a really long hike just for fun, just get a workout in. And then I was like, it was kind of like, well, I guess it is bear season. So I might as well throw a gun on the pack. Um, and then the weekend prior, Tyler killed a bull or a bear in Montana. Um, and then I think he was, uh, um, like, Oh man, that was fun. We should like, I can't speak for you, Tyler, but I'm guessing that's what you kind of thought. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, my personally, my, uh, my back has been absolutely killing me here the last month. And I was like four or five days prior to going and meeting him for this hike. I was starting to get a little nervous. Like, man, if normally my back's like good when I'm, when I'm hiking, put a pack on, it feels better than it does like in my day to day, you know, sitting at a desk and stuff like that. Um, so I was, but I was, so I was just worried about my back on, you know, being trying to do a 50 mile hike and, um, like, yeah, this might not be good. So randomly i tyler called me probably two days before we we're supposed to leave for the trip and and we were both thinking the same thing we just hadn't talked to each other about it yet of like maybe we scale this back and do a bear hunt and then once we agreed to do that it was like well where do we go um we could go to that same area we could go somewhere completely new you know we're, we tried to pick a spot that was uh equal distance drive for both of us just kind of meet in the middle um but then we started thinking about elk season and you both you and Tyler have the same elk tag here in Idaho. I'm like, well, that, it's kind of silly not to just go pick a spot in this elk unit and we can start scouting uh, and, and check out some new country. So that's kind of where we landed on the location. Um, and and then I called a friend of mine that, um, that I know kn knows the country very well and just said, hey, we're thinking about going to this area. What do you think? Um, you know, you think we're going to find some bears in there. And, and he actually pointed me to a different spot that was like five miles away and said, Hey, this is, uh, uh, like a spot. I know there are bears. Um, and, uh, so then I talked to Tyler and we had plan a spot a that I wanted to go to that he, the guy said, ah, there's not that many bears in there or 
spot B. Um, spot B was also like plan B for an area to scout. So it's like, all right, we'll check that out. Um, and then Tyler and I, I think I sent him a couple routes on Onyx, just drew up some lines and said, Hey, this would be route basically said route a or route B, um, two different options for us to kind of do a through hike. So the plan was to drop a rig off on one end of this and then, and then we'll just jump in one rig, drive around and then basically just do a through hike through it. Uh, we uh, met at like 11 in the morning on Friday at where we were supposed to drop off the rigs and there was still like three and a half, four feet of snow. Uh, and we were like, eh, this is uh we could pack snowshoes the whole time, but maybe, uh, maybe this isn't quite smart. We're definitely not going to see any bears or, really get a good idea of the country when it's covered with that much snow. So we decided just to drive around and, and basically start from the beginning. Um, and uh, actually, Tyler, let's, I'll throw this back to you because I originally told you the route that I wanted to do and then you uh, uh, and the direction I want to do it. And then you looked at it and said, no, we should do it uh, the other direction. What was your thought process there? Um, so, yeah, I was kind of thinking that we come in from kind of the south and that way yeah we just as we were hiking if you know this was obviously if we were going to through hike but as we were hiking through that country we'd constantly be looking in those south facing basins and um slopes and stuff and and kind of be able to see some of that bear-ish country hopefully and yeah so that was kind of the thought process there but um yeah it turned out we we ended up going that way anyways just because of the snow (laughs) Yeah, I thought I just thought it was such a smart, you know, like I said, I'm sitting here, basically it was kind of like in my head, I just naturally like, you know, the rigs would part were parked about like 3,000 feet in elevation difference, you know, um, and just in my head, it was just kind of like path of least resistance, start at the top, hike, hit the ridge, and then basically work down to the vehicle, which would have been the easier route, but I said, Tyler's looking at it going, well, that doesn't make sense because the entire hike will be like looking over our shoulder, trying to look at south facing slopes to find bears. Um, and I think it's just one of those random, um, little things that like kind of separate successful hunters from non is just that those little tiny decisions, you know, that, that don't seem like much, but really in the course of a hunt make a big difference of, um, just thinking through that stuff ahead of time of, oh yeah, if we are hiking South, we're, we're glassing, uh, everything that's basically in front of us as we're hiking and that's where the bears are going to be right then. Yeah, that's a good point. So, uh, anyways, yeah, we ended up. Coming in from the south, um, had uh, gosh, we just you and I just did a podcast, Mark, on gear essentials, and we talked about downloading maps for a huge area, you know, because we we ended up um, we ended up stay I guess staying in our home range, but we had this big loop in in mind, and and plans changed, or big through hike, and our plans changed, and all of a sudden, you know, you really need to make sure you have good good maps downloaded to your phone, so you can kind of uh, know the country you're hiking into, but. Uh, we had a route in mind, not knowing what the snow was going to look like. Um, and we started climbing up, hit the trailhead at uh, noon, basically started climbing up the mountain and it was a good, um, you know, it was like beautiful and lush and green down at the bottom. And then I think about 4,000 feet later, we get to the top and we're all of a sudden in three, four feet of snow post holing along this ridge line. Um, and so, yeah, we're just, uh, hiking along. It was a beautiful, um, beautiful spring day. It was literally like sun would come out and be nice. And then it was snowing on us and then it was sleeting on us and then it was raining. And then the sun was back out and, um, we get up on top of the, this peak. Um, and then, and then basically kind of didn't know where to go from there. It's like, we 
basically like, well, we've hiked out of bear country at this point. Like we're not going to see any bears up here. So, um, we decided to keep kind of post holing along the ridge and it was like, Oh, like three miles or something. I'm sitting there looking on Onyx, um, drawing a line to where I think there's a, a point we could like get down off the ridge. Uh, that just kind of made sense for the hunt. Um, and we're both just like, ah, crap. Like, you know, post holing in snow is never very much fun. But yeah. we just kept after it, um, post holed along the ridge, finally got to a spot. Um, uh, I think the, the um, clouds had cleared up because at that point we could only see a few hundred yards, you know. It was all raining and, and snowing and just uh, kind of socked in. Everything cleared up. And then, of course, literally like, 3,000 feet below us and across the river on the other side, we, we see a bear on the hillside. <laughs> so we immediately like drop everything, get spine scopes out, start, uh, start glassing up the bears. Um, and Tyler, we'd seen a one Brown bear and then, um, how many bears ended up being on the hillside, Tyler, four or five? Um, yeah, just four on that one. And then yeah, yeah. as we came down, we saw the silent cub. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was one of those literally like we're, we're looking at, miles and miles of country and everything looks good but there's just this one random kind of meadow avalanche shoot um and there's there's four bears in it and we're just like what the heck um you know it's just funny how they just naturally kind of gravitated towards this one opening um mm-hmm. but we're we're looking at the opening we see one bear it looks really nice uh and then all of a sudden we see another bl- black bear that was just like clearly you know at three miles away or whatever it was way bigger than the other bear and the first bear we thought was nice so you know we get pretty excited about that um and then basically it's one of those deals we're like okay that's a bear we want to go kill how the heck are we going to get there can we get there tonight is that even feasible um you know is it uh, if we can't get there tonight what's the game plan for the morning and basically there was one finger ridge like you know down below us that was basically about the same height as the bear but across the river um and we're actually like, I'm on Onyx trying to draw a line across the, from that finger ridge to where the bear was. Like, is that shootable? You know, because from our perspective, you didn't know if it was 400 yards or, uh, you know, half a mile and it ended up being, yeah, like a 1100 yard shot. So, okay, that's oh, out. Wow. Uh, but that was our, um, basically it's like, all right, well, let's, let's get boogie in. Um, let's get down to that finger ridge before dark and see what we can do. Um, so we had to, uh, it was really, really steep, rugged country, and we couldn't just drop off straight down below us because it was just this, just cliffed out, nasty, gnarly, like almost mountain goat looking country. Um, but we we ended up going like maybe another mile, and then found a finger ridge that, that we thought we could get down. Um, and as one of those, we got down about halfway, and then you know, and it was fairly like, you know, the ground was wet, or the the rocks were wet. It was slip, you know, kind of slipping and sliding get down and then basically get kind of clipped out. I mean, it, it took us something that should take in, you know, 20 minutes to came down, probably took an hour, hour and a half to get down. Um, and it was, uh, one of the more puckered moments I've had in, in a little while. It was definitely, uh, definitely interesting. Tyler sitting back there just laughing. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the thing that sticks out to me on that was, um, and I don't know how much I'm going to talk about this in the lives, but, um, you stepped on that rock, you had the cliff, you know, you're leaning against the hillside, the cliff on your, you know, upside of you, and you're trying to navigate around those rocks, and it's just that tiny little, like, not even a trail, just a couple little pieces of rock you could kind of get across and then get to a point where you actually were not, like, cliffed out, and you put your weight 
on that rock. It was like the size of a pillow, like a exopack, right? And that whole thing just sloughed off and gave away and caused that, you know, avalanche down below. And I was like, okay, we're, we're in some serious stuff now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely like, holy crap. Um, yeah, that, I mean, this rock that yeah, said literally the size of the pack was dropped probably 200 feet below us and just blew up in, in the bottom of this thing. And it was one of those, you're just like, huh, this, okay, uh, let's be careful here. Right. Um, and I ended up, I, that thing blew out. I kind of tried to like kick a little trail into the cliff. Um, and then I, I, I got like, had to do like two quick steps to get across it. Got to this one point where I had to like get around a corner and I'm like kind of, and there's actually a tree overhanging right there. And I'm like, I just try to get around it. And it was just like, man, if I slip right here, I am screwed. Mm-hmm. Um, and guns kind of hanging up in the tree limb above me and, look back at Tyler and he's looking at me like, eh, that's not going to work. So he kind of actually climbs back up and found a different route out. So I, once he kind of got it, I, I went over and, and we kind of had to play leapfrog where, um, basically he would walk, get it out of the way. And then I would, and, uh, or he, he kind of climbed down and then scoot off to the side. And then I'd climb down to him cause you were kicking and, and so many rocks were just coming down off the mountain um that uh yeah the whole time i'm sitting there worried that i'm just like some big another big rock's just gonna come wipe tyler off the freaking mountain so um yeah what should have been a 20 minute deal was probably at least hour i don't know hour and a half um and we finally get down to the bottom of this thing and it was a big old nasty avalanche shoot um and we're almost at the bottom and see a bear and it's like oh crap like it's like 500 yards away from us uh and then get the spotter or get the binos up and then the cubs right behind it. So we were pretty like, damn, you know, bummer. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and now, so we finally get to the bottom. It's basically getting dark. Um, and we end up having to camp down there in the bottom of it. So we, uh, we found a hike around for a little bit, found a flat spot to, to set up camp and hung out, made a big fire and, and just chilled and relaxed. And it's kind of a nice night. Um, woke up, uh, slept in a little bit. Actually, it was kind of, uh, it was uh, so nice not to have a baby monitor next to your head where you're getting woken <laughs> up all night long. So, uh, slept in, woke up, um, got everything loaded up as fast as we could. And then um, it's just steep country. It was only like a 500 foot climb, but just like, you know, pretty, pretty stinking state, steep, just straight up the mountain, get up on top of that finger ridge. Um, we get up on top of that. The You could see where the bear was, but we'd kind of overshot exactly where we wanted to be so we had to go back up the finger ridge probably half a mile um start hiking up that get to get to a point where we could sit down and start glassing and i don't know tyler what was it 10 minutes we see that bear yeah it was like pretty much as soon as we sat down i was like oh there's a bear and then yeah they just kind of start popping out like they do and you know we didn't i don't think we really sat and game plan that too long we just already had you know kind of a something in mind in our heads and yeah then we put it into action <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so we we did the bear um a, a, a black bear um black colored um popped it out but it was one basically meadow avalanche shoot to the south of where we had seen the, the really big one the night before so the immediate reaction in my mind was like oh that's not the same bear um and then we got the spotter on it uh, Tyler pulled that out and we're like, no, that is the same bear. That's a really nice bear. Um, and we kind of got stuck. It basically was in this little, maybe 10 yard opening. Um, 
and we actually queued up off on the deer that were around us um or around that bear there's a bunch of just mule deer hanging out in that same same slope um and they basically had the bear had disappeared in some brush but there was still and we hadn't seen it for a while but there's still deer just hanging out right there and we, we knew like okay most likely that bear hasn't passed through that because he would have kind of pushed the deer out of the way you know uh, they would have seen him coming and kind of ran down the hillside so we, we felt like the bear was there and Tyler was like gung ho. Let's get over there. I think we can get on this kind of basically, um, there's, uh, uh it's just this, you know, uh, it's basically a, a West facing Ridge, you know, s- dropping down to the river. Um, and then all the finger ridges coming down. Um, and, and the bear was kind of on the South facing side of this finger Ridge. And then the, the next finger Ridge over was, you know, what looked to be three, 400 yards and it was covered in a lot of timber. And we weren't sure if we, if we dropped down across the river, went up over there, if we were able to actually see through that timber. Um, so it's kind of our debate of what do we do? Like if we go over, we, we drop down across the river, we get up there, we got all this timber. Are we going to be able to, to make this shot? Are we able to see the hillside, you know? Um, and then at the same time, I'm sitting there thinking, man, this bear, like the night before we saw him over here, here it is kind of late morning. It's probably 9, 30, 10. Um, is that bear going to like work his way back north? And so we're, we drop down. We're going to go out of sight for two hours. Um, we get up over there. Has the bear fed all the way to the other side? Um, so we had kind of immediately, like Tyler convinced me to go. We get about halfway down the mountain towards the river. And I stop and I'm just like, man, I just don't know. Like I was, I was definitely debating. Um, what to do like the the there wasn't like a clear cut to me plan of action to take because I, I think i kind of felt like it was 50 50 like if we we cross the river and we go up that kind of south uh, finger ridge and that bear is still on that hillside and feeds out it's dead but i felt like you know they're pretty patternable and the bears are in the spring and i thought for sure um, or I didn't know, but I thought that there's a good chance he would just feed back to the north and go up to the place where we saw him the night before. Um, but anyways, we dropped down, we sat for a bit. The bear finally popped out after probably half an hour, and it had moved more into the opening into another little patch of brush. So at that point, it was like, okay, game on. That bear's clearly in this opening. Um, it's time to go. And then this is where the the uh, my friend that told me about the country um, said the the river down there. He's like, you can't cross it this time of year. There's no way you're going to get across that. Um, and we're sitting up on the hillside, and it's it's really steep. So we're looking straight down at the river, going, you know, that's a lot of white water, but it, it looks doable. Um, and so we basically like, well, let's just go down and find out. Um, so we drop, finally get down to the bottom, uh, find a find a place where the river kind of widened out, and it actually kind of divided into three little separate like two offshoots and then the main channel and we're like well this is our best chance to to get across this uh and then tyler just kind of went full cowboy and said screw it i'll go for it and see what happens uh <laughs> he, he uh basically we both just stripped down to our underwear um put it put our pants and stuff in the packs and then uh tyler did it barefoot i had um, my socks were i had two pairs of socks one pair of socks was completely uh, soaking wet from the day before i didn't have gators or anything when we were post so i put these socks on and tyler went across it and about right in the middle of it you know it's like literally waist deep coming over the, the um his the waist pile of the pack and he starts like like he, like it was flowing hard enough that tyler couldn't like just go straight across he just had to like start skidding down 
ended up crossing a little ways downstream from where we started. But he got across it, so like, okay, here I go. And I ended up getting across. Um, we were both pretty freaking cold, you know. It was, it was some cold snow melt runoff water. Um, and then, so we get across, and we're looking at, like, how do we get up to the barracks? It's probably... 1500 feet just straight up this mountain um and uh we kind of debated on you know you could go a little bit further south and the the finger ridge kind of like lengthened out and went down so it was a less steep of a climb or we just climbed straight up um and my original plan was to kind of go hike a little bit and and take that slower climb up just because i thought we're gonna be slipping and sliding and just you know it's really steep country and and it was kind of covered with brush and um, but we got there and we realized that if we just go straight up, there's a chance, um, you could see basically as we were hiking up to see into the, the, the clearing that that bear was in. So we decided to go straight up this thing. And, um, you know, now I'm in full on like hunt mode, like get up there as fast as we can and kill this sucker. Cause I just felt like, you know, time was of the essence. So we're just huffing and huffing it up this thing, um, as fast as we can, uh, get up there and, and as you're getting up like my uh the timber wasn't near as thick as kind of it appeared from when we were glassing from across the canyon and um uh it was looking really good you know like my hope my uh excitement level kept getting higher and higher like holy crap if the bear is still on this hillside it's dead like it's everything's within 400 yards lots of shooting lanes you're gonna be able to see this thing um and i don't know how long it took us to get up there tyler you got half hour hour i can't remember yeah, I don't know. We both just kind of had our heads down, and we're we're just uh, you know climbing the ladder. I mean, yeah, yeah. it was straight up, but yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we we get up there. Everything's just looking awesome. Um, we get to one spot where um, basically there was um, there was like a right in the middle of the clearing was a patch of trees, and that where we had first seen the bear was on the left side of those trees. Um, and so I kind of had this thought like, okay, well, Tyler, you sit down here and I'll climb up about 200 yards. And that way you can see the left side of that little tree patch, just in case the bear feeds back out towards, towards the North where it was the day before. And I'll get up to the right. Um, and then, you know, if I see it or you see it, we'll just whistle and, you know, you can run up and, or I can run down and, um, and, uh, we're sitting there debating kind of where to go. And all of a sudden the bear pops out <laughs> and so it's like, holy crap, there it is. So basically take the pack off, get the gun ready, get all lined up. Um, the bear popped out and then it popped back into the brush. Um, and it was just thick enough brush. Like, you know, it's there, but just, it's so frustrated when you can't see the animal. Um, mm-hmm. cause there's a chance it could have like just fed straight away from us and just moved out. Um, but you know, we're just like, you kind of keep calm. Tyler's, uh, Tyler's a good, like, um, a hunting partner because he's like a coach out there he's like just keep calm breathe bear's still there and uh it's kind of fun um but uh, yeah so we ranged it got my scope dials 3.7 moa um got everything just settled in got the pack rocking uh i ended up taking um i was testing out a fhf bino harness on that trip um took that off pulled my binos out because i was trying to lay prone and it was like you know kind of wedged awkwardly in between me and the ground Ended up using the bino harness as kind of a butt rest for the gun. Got everything just rock solid, steady, and then it was a matter of just waiting. Uh, and then this all, you know, this all happened probably within a, a minute or two. And then bear pops out, and Tyler really wanted to get footage of the bear, uh, like get footage of, through the phone scope. 
Um, and so I'm on the bear, like just like itching on just the trigger. Ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tyler, I had, uh, I had decided to take, um, um, Oh, what's, I think it's, um, yeah. Sure. Uh, tripods. They had sent us at SNS archery, um, a ball head to test out. And, um, you know, normally I'm pretty anti ball heads, but, uh, I, I was like, well, well, I'll just take it. And it's like, it's, it's a 24 hour trip. If it sucks, big deal. Um, so <laughs> Tyler's getting the spines go out and he's trying to get on this freaking bear. And I'm sitting there like, Tyler, are you ready? Tyler, are you ready? Because <laughs> uh, like, I'm like, because the bear only had to take like two little steps and I would have lost my shooting opportunity. Yeah. And he's sitting over there just fiddling with it. Uh, I don't know, Tyler, you can tell your side of that. Yeah. So I remember, yeah, you know, we, we crossed the river, got in there, got set up on that bed. The whole time I was just like, awkwardly optimistic i don't know how to put it but i just had a hunch that bear was still in that that brush pocket so i'm like okay trying to game this whole thing ahead of time like you know if it does happen fast and you know getting things set up and, and film this because i yeah i really wanted to film it and uh i remember i had that tripod i had that stupid scope everything that was a nice scope actually but um <laughs> i uh i had everything all set up and, you know, cause it popped out, went back in. And then, yeah, I remember it like come to the crunch time. I'm over there, you know, I'm looking all over the mountain, can't find this thing. And you're, you're getting excited to shoot. And yeah, I was like, dude, now I see what cameramen go through. Yeah. Like, you know, they're, they're the ones like in the crunch time trying to get it, everything set up and, you know, shooters ready. And <laughs> I definitely felt the, uh, yeah, the pressure there to get on that bear, but it was totally worth it. Cause you know, afterwards, like, you know, we got to look back on it <clears throat> and there was some questions there, you know, as far as is that bear stone dead or did it roll down? You know? And when we looked at that footage, it was like, you crushed that bear. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. That was, yeah, that was super nice to have in hindsight of, um, just knowing exactly where I hit the bear. There's no question it's dead, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, so we, uh, Tyler finally gives me the okay, which after it felt like 15 minutes, you know, it was probably 25 seconds. Uh, <laughs> I was so anxious to drop this thing. You know, we had a good opportunity, had a good shot. It was perfectly like basically slightly quartered away. Uh, scope was just rock solid on it. So he gives me the go ahead and, and then, uh, I tried to do like, uh, I always refer whenever I'm, um, about ready to pull the trigger on something. I go back to our podcast with Ryan Kleckner and he talks about, taking your like imagine drawing a super slow line in the sand with your trigger finger that's like seven inches long you know so i i always like default to that as i'm about to shoot so crosshairs are on it and i just like really just visualize that slowly 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 squeeze the trigger bam gun goes off um tyler was like you know boom you nailed a man great shot and you could see the bear rolled down the mountain you know we could see it roll like 20 yards and then kind of disappeared on us um and yeah, it was just high fives from there. You know, we we're just ecstatic and, and excited. And, um, so that was freaking awesome. And, uh, yeah, so we killed the bear. It's basically across, um, this finger ridge. It was still, it's just such deep country that like we had to drop down probably 500 feet, um, just to kind of get to the draw and then cross up the other side. And we had actually debated the easier path would have been just to kind of side hill around, because we were on the basically on the level, slightly below the bear, um, but we didn't know. We knew the bear rolled down. We didn't know how far because it kind of went out of sight. 
Um, cause if it, it, it was steep enough that if it, you know, a big pile of brush didn't catch it, it was going to roll probably, you know, that 500 feet and end up in this little Creek, uh, kind of, uh, you know, spring, uh, draw. Um, so we, we drop all the way down cross and then we're basically, we kind of fanned out and then basically just worked our way up to the bear. And that took a little bit of time, but we finally got up there and, and, um, yeah, it was, it was just high fives and awesomeness. It ended up being, we actually got a little tri- uh, um, deceived because we thought this was a, a really, really big bore um, based on what we had seen the night prior. And then that morning, we really hadn't analyzed the bear that much. It was got the spine scope on it. Yep, that's the same one we saw the night before. So we added in our minds, we're going to shoot it. Got up on it and ended up being a really, really old sow. We were calling our old grandma. Um, <laughs> her, uh, It was crazy. Her teeth, we started like... Um, cause that, you know, the, the ears are out to the side, all the proportions were as it was a big old boar. Um, but it was just a smaller like size bear. Right. Um, cause it, when it, the belly was dragging on the ground, uh, when she was walking, she, you know, definitely kind of like, um, slowly moped back and forth as she was mm-hmm. walking, kind of ro- that roll, you know? Um, but yeah, we, we were kind of, um, you know, let's say dumbfounded, but like, really just like got up on it and bears are so easy to misjudge that we're like, well, that is not the same size bear. We thought, uh, we thought we were glassing up. So then, um, literally we'd, you know, we'd cut it up and on the hike out, like Tyler was thinking the same thing as I was. And I was like, man, do you think this is the same bear we saw the night before? Cause it just doesn't seem same, you know, like, um, but the, we have no idea. So, um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, we, uh, going back, got, got to her, got her, we drug her like 20 yards to get her up on top of this little nice opening so we could take some photos and then, and then, um, got to work cutting her up. Um, Tyler, <laughs> we just did our, um, pack essentials thing and, and talking about kill kit stuff. Tyler busted out some, um, orange, uh, disposable latex gloves. And, uh, the first time I've ever used those, um, he was nice enough to donate them to me. Um, he only had one pair, but let me use them. They were really nice. Uh, they have like um, just kind of grippy dots on it, and just like with the bear and handling it and blood and stuff on the knife, it was actually a, a, I really liked it. Um, kind of able to grab the knife a little bit easier because uh, it didn't, you know, your hands didn't get all slick. Um, I was pretty impressed with them, and they're pretty tough. So Tyler, you said you get those at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Yeah, uh, I've kind of found them all over, but yeah, specifically you kind of hit on like they got the little dots or whatever. They got the little, the grippy feely things, and then they're just tougher. I think they're like, I mean, they're they're definitely more expensive than your nitrile blue gloves. They're like twenty bucks a box or something. But yeah, I mean, you buy a box, they're gonna last. You know, change oil in your truck, whatever. They're so nice to have. But, yeah, it was it was nice. I mean, because we were, um, we had the I guess the little. Um, runoff creek that was down below us that 500 feet but you know you don't have access to water and um so it's nice just to do all the work get the bear cut up and then peel the gloves off and have completely clean hands um for you know loading up the rest of the pack so um yeah we got her all skinned up got the meat loaded up tyler took to the took the meat i took the cape and head um got her loaded up and then um then that then the debate was you know this country's rugged um and it's like you pick the wrong path you're gonna get clipped out uh it looked like it wouldn't have been that bad to kind of go down a different way than we came up um but we decided let's go back like basically reverse 
how we got to this bear. Um, we decided to kind of side hill into where I shot. Um, but it was, it was like a, a known, right? Like we knew the trail getting up to the bear, like what it was going to be like coming down with the, with the heavy packs. Um, unfortunately the bear wasn't, you know, giant. So the packs weren't like overly heavy. Um, but, uh, we ended up, yeah, we got to where, uh, we side hilled back to where I shot and then started to drop down and then, um, and then we just completely abandoned our plan, which was <laughs> kind of in hindsight, stupid, um, where we were just like, well, let's just keep working South. And, and we ended up kind of staying on the opposite side of the river, working down and, and it got pretty, pretty crappy again, where we're like literally on our back sliding down in certain spots and just rocky and nasty. Um, but we ended up finding a place in the river that wasn't quite as gnarly to cross, which was nice. So um, finally got down the river, crossed it, or we, when we got to the river, it was like, well, do we, um, do we take everything off again? Or do we just say, screw it, leave our pants on, leave our boots on and just cross this thing. And, um, just cause it, you know, it was moving fast enough that, uh, having your shoes on just seemed appealing, right. To kind of get better traction. And if you step on something sharp, you, you kind of just, you'll be able to kind of take it and not, uh, not be barefoot. Um, so we decided to, to do that thinking that we only had like we weren't sure we didn't we could have pulled out onyx and figured out how far we had to back out to the truck but we were going back a different route than we'd gone in um and we were, we just thought it was like based off of studying the maps you know the day prior like oh it's probably like maybe three miles ended up being five and a half out so we were uh, regretting that a little bit uh, i think like the whole hike out i could hear tyler's uh behind me with his boots just like i'm like tyler what's that noise it's like that's my feet man <laughs> like it sounded like suction cup every time just, um so yeah it was uh it wasn't bad but you know you're you hike five and a half miles with completely uh waterlogged feet uh it's kind of annoying so yeah um, I, I will yeah. say though um the difference between crossing barefoot and the yeah. difference between crossing with pants on and boots on was night and day like if i was in a like a solo like scared like a have to across this river like i don't know life dependent situation uh-huh. same deal i would just wear my boots and do it because i was so much more sure-footed and like i mean crossing it the second time even with a load of meat it was it was no problem like i didn't even think twice like yeah. the water tended would take me or whatever i mean it was fast you know spring runoff stuff and it's got some force to it and you know with the boots on it was night and day different than you know without them being barefoot and and then just that feeling like the cold water when you're you're you know just hitting your bare skin Mm -hmm. um compared to having boots on and and then your pants like it even like it was just completely completely night and day like two different river crossings but it was the same same river same temperatures same flows like (laughs) yeah it was was crazy how that made such a difference yeah, within a hundred yards across the river, we both kind of said at the same time, like that wasn't nearly as bad. And it was interesting. Like my main observation was, besides the feet, was wearing the pants. So that that uh, like that for whatever reason, just having that that little bit of insulation layer. Um, like because when we crossed it the first time, it was you know, I mean it was like your breath was gone, right? It was just freaking cold. Your body was just numb. Like you kind of had to, like hurry, get your clothes on, and and we kind of basically start hiking as quick as we could because it like you know within the 60 seconds it took to get across that river, like you were pretty well cold. Um, and with the pants on, it just wasn't that bad. It was, it was such a stark contrast, like Tyler's saying. So, yeah, even in the miles following, like with wet pants, wet boots, it was still, still worth it. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, we, I bet we didn't hike. We both were in piranhas. Um, 
I bet we didn't hike half an hour and our pants were completely dry. And it was only, I don't know, 45 degrees outside or something like that. It wasn't that warm. Um, but uh, yeah, our pants were completely dry. And then my shoes, I was wearing those uh, rock lights that ended up falling apart on me a little bit. Um, but the the nice side, the nice thing to those kind of shoes is the water had squeezed all out. So uh, like my feet were actually, you know, the water had been pushed out of the shoe and and my socks were, were damp, but not like soaking wet. I said it was nothing like Tyler with, um, where you're wearing schnees, right, Tyler? Yeah, I was wearing schnees, uh, the granite shoes. Um, so yeah, insulated boot with a, you know, a Gore-Tex and that membrane in there. It's supposed to kind of wick moisture, you know, mostly sweat moisture away. But yeah, they definitely <laughs> kept the water in there. Every time I took them off, I could, I could dump like half a cup of water out. <laughs> Make some <Yeah>. coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so uh yeah so we did our uh yeah we just hiked out and, and like we'd gone a while and i remember asking ty like i haven't even looked at the map i don't know if we got 100 yards or, or three miles left and we ended up having about three miles left so um finally got out we were pretty well we were pretty well um beat up i was definitely for sure and we kind of like guessed like gosh i wonder how many miles we did we had no idea um but uh yeah just Tyler pulled out his Rainier beer out of the out of the bed of the truck, and uh, it was pretty delicious. And uh, yeah, he uh, headed his drive home, and I went home. And then I got home, and uh, um, that night just retraced everything on Google Earth. Um, and basically, with uh, knowing the ad about twenty percent to the line, we we did just shy of twenty miles, and right about seven thousand foot of climbing in that basically twenty five hour hunt. So it was. Uh, um, fairly physical, physical hunt. Yeah. I was the, the next day I told you, Mark, I, my wife went out, uh, my legs, my, uh, my quads were so sore, um, that, uh, my wife went out to go run some errands, go to the store. My son woke up and I literally had him in my hands and I, I couldn't walk down the stairs. So I'm sitting there at the top of the stairs, holding, holding Joey and going, how the heck am I going to get down the stairs? <laughs> so I, ended up, I ended up like walking backwards, like holding him in one hand, grabbing onto the rail. And I walked backwards down the stairs. Cause like, my quads were so sore I couldn't just walk downstairs. It was pretty, uh, yeah. pretty ridiculous. So, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it was such a, um, just such a fun hunt, man. Like, it, it, uh, it was my legit like first real trip out in the mountains this year. And, and Tyler's been fortunate to be out a little bit more. But um, I was just kind of on cloud nine, even through all the, the weather and stuff like that, and getting clipped out. Like, you know, that's what those are the things that make a great hunt. Those those memories and those challenges. And um, man, we just had a blast. And then. The whole time we're also like all three of us are going to be back there in uh, this fall elk hunting together. So it was like the whole time we're, you know, keep looking at the country and talking about how we'd elk hunt it and plans like that. So yeah. just a fun, fun well, trip. We're, we're definitely not going back there for elk. We kind of checked that one off. <laughs> <laughs> and now you know. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I was, I was right there with you um, thinking just the whole time to myself, like, you know, yeah, there was miserable elements, but yeah, it was just pleasant, like just yeah. a pleasant trip. Yeah. Um, when I had last talked to you, Steve, it was kind of like, yeah, we're we're kind of sort of bear hunting, uh, but we're mainly going in there just to kind of hike and cover some country and you know, kind of scout and stuff like that. So I wasn't expecting much, and I got that in reach text from you of like big bear down. I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> that's exciting <laughs> stuff, yeah. man. Yeah, it was fun, man. Just fun trip, but yeah. Yeah, wish well, I could that's... do that like once a month. If I could do that every month, that'd be just awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's what I was gonna say is just highlighting. You know, not every trip 
has that much uh, adventure, be it a filled tag, be it, you know, tough conditions or whatever. But still, if, if what you have to work with is 24 hours and you can get out and make it happen, then take that 24 hours and get everything out of that time that you can. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm tired. Like we getting back to the truck. I was like, that's amazing. That felt like we were in there for four days, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a jam packed 24 hours, but uh, yeah, it's amazing what you could, you know, you just think, um, you know, obviously for you being in, in the Midwest, it's different, but if you're living out here in the West, like if you, there's plenty of times guys probably, Oh, I only got a day. I can't go hunt. And you know, I mean, it was a, a three hour drive for me, uh, basically 24 hour hunt, three hours back. I mean, I was basically, you know, gone, not that long from the house. Um, wife was totally cool with it. Uh, and just had a great, great experience. Cool. Any other uh, takeaways on your end, Tyler, or does Steve cover it well? No, he, he nailed it. Definitely uh, springtime hunting is going to get mixed in a little bit more for me now. <laughs> yeah. yeah Tyler, Tyler kept talking about that the whole time because I think both uh, he and I, well, I mean, not crazy active in the spring, right, between sheds and turkey and bears, but he's picked it up a lot this year. And um so it's a just a if it wasn't for the ticks man it'd be like my favorite time of the year to get out there we both talked about that like it's this you know it's just springtime everything's green and growing and uh you kind of got that cabin fever itch to get out and explore and yeah it was just it was beautiful flowers are out it's awesome yeah definitely well guys thanks for uh sharing the story listeners hope you enjoyed it got some uh takeaways out of that thanks for tuning in as always um we'll be back this week with full episodes on wednesday and friday more monday minute episodes to come so if you have a question for those just shoot us an email to podcast at exomountaingear.com we'll talk to you soon